Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Including a couple of, uh, of songs that I have written about uh, what I reckon one of the greatest Aussie heroes ever. Um, Slim Dusty had an amazing career. He passed away back in 2004. But... Uh, was just a good, hard-working Aussie bloke who loved his wife, loved his kids and had a faith in God. And yeah, sure, he sang a few songs about, about beer and pubs with no beer. But uh, I, uh, I've realised that there's a, I was saying to Ross before, there's a million grey nomads doing laps of Australia. And um, every year, many of them come to Harvey Bay. And um, that generation, most of them have had some kind of church affiliation in in their lives and yet their children and their grandchildren probably don't go to church at all and I'd love to see more Aussies putting Sundays aside to say Lord I want to put you first in my life and so I thought I'm going to record a Slim Dusty album and uh, we'll get it out there and include a couple of Slim's gospel songs on it and uh, see if we can start reaching grey nomads for the Lord. And uh, so you can pray with us for that. That album comes out uh, next month. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with us, we do put out a weekly email newsletter. Um, you can sign up up the back later or um, just go to stevegrace.com and subscribe to, to our weekly prayer points. That's the Everytown CD. And uh, this is the Sky Pilot CD. My boys, uh, Shane and, and Jordan, and a young fellow called Trenton Kruger. Uh, are in a band called Sky Pilot, along with uh, our other son Ryan, at times. And um, this is an amazing album. I'll share a bit about this in a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'd love to give these CDs to um, the fellas from Transformations, just so you got a bit of bit of good music. And also, um, the, I wouldn't mind giving you fellas a DVD of. Um, of uh, my boys and I live in concert. It's called Live in Melbourne. It's got a picture of, uh, of my old Harley stuck in the mud up the back, but we'll uh, love to give you one of them as well. It's got, uh, it's got a whole bunch of songs, plus a few silly um, video clips of me trying to get my Harley out of the bog. But um, <laughs> you're not meant to take Harley Davidson's out uh, off-road, but anyway, somebody's got to have a go at it. <laughs> What happens when everything falls apart in your life? When suddenly your plans are changed? You wake up in the morning and you get stuck into the day and suddenly everything changes. And it happens to us through every season of our lives. And I, uh, I've realised that there's a whole bunch of things that we can turn to. And I know as a man, things that I have turned to in my life when everything's fallen apart. And have realised that uh, unless we get to that place of saying, you know what, Lord, whenever things don't work out the way that I plan, I want you to be the one that I turn to. And that happens because God is a loving Father who cares for our hearts. He cares for who we are, where we're going, and what stories will come out of our lives. Paul and Silas and their ministry team were on a missions trip. Uh, I love some of my favourite pages in the Bible are uh, are these pages right at the back. (laughs) When the pastor, back when I was a kid, 
When the pastor was going on a little bit too much on a Sunday morning, I would always revert to grabbing my mum or dad's Bible and reverting back and just studying those maps. And ironically, it gave me a real love for, for the nations of the world, but it also gave me a love for people. Just, just looking at the maps in the Bible and studying like the, you know, the uh, Moses and the people of Israel you know, uh, escaping out of Egypt across the Sinai Peninsula and the, the, uh, the places that Jesus went to around what we now know as, as modern-day Israel and uh, the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul probably excited me more than any. Um, looking at the known world at that time and looking at all these places that Paul and his guys went to. And uh, I love... That's, the Bible is like a huge big travel journal. And I kind of I think, wow, God wants us to travel. He wants us to get out there and have a go at life. He wants us to experience um, adventures and make great memories with our families and, and with friends doing, doing stuff for God. And that's what I reckon we are called and created to do. And there's a whole bunch of stories in the book of Acts in the Bible. And I want to share one with you this morning. But... Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they get up early one morning and no matter where they were traveling around, they would always try and find a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue, because Paul had grown up as a Jew and he had come to know Jesus in a very radical way, but he still had this deep love for the Jewish people. God had called Paul to go to the Gentile races and take the gospel of Jesus to people who were non-Jewish people. And yet deep in his heart, Paul still had this great burden for the Jewish people that they would come to an understanding that Messiah had come. And today, modern day Orthodox Jews are still praying and believing for Messiah to come. You and I know, as we look at our Bibles, that Jesus the Messiah has come. And that the next time he comes, it'll be to take us into another whole dimension of God's eternity. And uh, anyway, Paul and Silas get up early and they're on their way to church. They're in the city of Caesarea Philippi, which if you looked on a map, is between Damascus up in Syria and Jerusalem. And it's a very busy trade route back in those days under the control of the Roman Empire. And every morning, Paul and Silas would make their way through the busy streets. And they'd come across this slave girl who was possessed with a demonic spirit that gave her an ability to predict the future. And she was a slave. She was owned by some, some pretty corrupt men. And they were making good money from this girl because this demonic spirit that was in her actually gave her the ability to tell people what was going to happen to them in their lives. And every morning that Paul and Silas would pass by this girl, she would cry out at the top of her voice, These men are from the Most High. They will tell you the way to be saved. The demonic spirit in her could not help but proclaim the truth. And, you know, it doesn't matter how dark your life may be, there is still light. And, and the Lord will use all kinds of bad situations and circumstances to bring you back in to a great relationship yeah. with Him. Yeah. And what we may see sometimes as a 
a horrific situation, God will use, once it's given over to him, he'll use everything. He'll even use our, our mistakes, our failures, our regrets. Once we have come to that place of saying, Jesus, I want to put you first, he takes all of the garbage, all of the, the junk of our lives, and he, he transforms it. He turns it around and uses it against the work of the enemy and for the glory of his kingdom. I don't know how he does it, but that's, that's God's character. It's God's heart. And so Paul, after, after going by this young girl day after day, he finally got fed up with it. He thought, he thought, this young lady is not only a prisoner to these men, she's also a prisoner to this demonic spirit. So he prays a simple prayer in the name of Jesus. And prays in the name of Jesus, get out of her. And in a moment, that evil spirit flees from her body. And immediately, the slave owners realize that she cannot predict the future for people anymore. Suddenly, their source of making good money is gone. And so they get really mad. They get the crowd riled up. They start beating Paul and Silas up and eventually drag them down to the local um, court, to the magistrate. And they drag him before the magistrate and convince the magistrate that these Jewish men are are um, preaching an evil religion and that they need to be punished. And the magistrate agrees with, uh, with the, the angry mob and orders that Paul and Silas and the guys be stripped of their clothes, whipped and beaten by Roman centurions and then locked up in prison. All they were doing was going to church. Got up in the morning before the sun to go and start the day saying, Lord, we give you this day. And uh, find themselves locked up in prison, beaten and bruised. And uh, you kind of think, mate, we weren't planning on that happening today. But stuff happens in your life and in mine that just out of the blue. Ross was sharing with me last night about your, your bike accident. Just riding a bicycle along a road and then before you know it, you're, you're in hospital with a whole bunch of horrible, horrific injuries. And suddenly, your, you know, your life is changed from that moment on. I was at a, a men's camp down, in, uh, down near Canberra uh, about five years ago. Maybe not five years ago. Maybe about, uh, what are we, 270? Four years ago. Kerry was at a family wedding over in, in Canada. And... And uh, I was at a, a better blokes men's camp. You know, the whole that men's shed thing that's been going on for years around the country. Well, I, I love hanging out with those blokes. And I got a phone call from a, a strange phone number. Usually I turn my phone off, but I, I had it on and I thought I better take the call. So I took it and it was one of my son Ryan's mates. He called me and said, Steve, you better come home. Ryan has just tried to take his life just tried to hang himself this is one of my boys and suddenly my life is changed forever and I excuse myself from the conference and I get a lift back to Sydney jump on a plane and fly home only to find my middle son 26 years old and absolutely a broken man a few weeks before that Ryan had called me and Kerry on the phone 
and, and said, I think I need to come home. And uh, for, for two years before that, he'd been just living with his mates and hadn't been going to church and just getting into the whole Friday night binge drinking, um, kind of just one of those bad habits that us Aussie blokes can find ourselves getting into. Ryan was holding down a good truck driving job five days a week and on the weekends just getting off his face, sobering up on Sundays, back to work Monday. And you do that for a while and it's fun, but you know what? Eventually it catches up on you. And eventually you lose some of your relationships and uh, Ryan had been living with his girlfriend and she finally came to him one day and said, Ryan, it's either me or it's your mates and the drugs and the alcohol. And sadly, Ryan chose his mates. And so she left him and it just left him devastated. And he called me up and said, Dad, I think I need to come home. And Kerry and I, we knew that he wasn't in a good place, but we had no idea just how low Ryan was. And uh, as I got home to him and gave him a big hug and uh, he was still intoxicated. He was still, you know, in a really bad, bad way and, and uh, just incredibly broken. And I said, Ryan, we're cancelling the next few months of ministry bookings and you are so much more important than the work that I do for God. Sometimes, sometimes our kids need to hear that from us as parents. And I said, Ryan, we're going we're gonna to work this through. And uh, he, had, he had a bunch of issues, some anger issues, some unresolved things between, between his mum and dad and, and himself and we knew that God was bringing us through this tragic situation, bringing us to a point of, of having to, to work through some things. You know what? Over the next couple of months, God just did some amazing things in Ryan's life. And after two months, the mental health doctors and his doctors said, you know what? We don't get this very often, but you are free to go. And uh, he did not want to be an alcoholic. He did not want to be addicted to drugs. He wanted to get his life right with God. And, uh, and it was just an absolute joy seeing our, our son just coming back to life again. I said to him, I said, mate, what do you want to do? And he says, oh, I'd really love to go see my brothers. They were over in Nashville, Tennessee, recording an album. And uh, in fact, recording the... Um, the CD, Distant Days, some of the songs on that album were written for Ryan in his darkest times. There's a song on there that Jordan wrote called uh, Walk on Water. If I could walk on water, I'd run across the sea just to tell you what you mean to me. And uh, just a beautiful love song from little brother to big brother. And amazingly, you know, God just has restored not only Ryan's life, but restored our family. And one of the things that, uh, that we did is we bought a motorbike together, an old Royal Enfield. And um, just father and son just working together and rebuilding this old bike. I think we've got a picture of it here. And um, then he went off to uh, something he thought he'd never do. He went off to Hillsong College in Sydney. Six months into that, met a young lady, fell in love called me up one day and said, Dad, can I bring Kathleen on tour um, just to show her what, what you and Mum have been doing all these years? And so Kathleen comes on the road with us. And um, while we're on the road, Ryan proposes to Kathleen and they are now happily married. And uh, there's a picture of them. 
And at the end of this year, Ryan is going to be a fully qualified drug and alcohol counsellor. He realised... He realised that he needed to not only get his life right with God, but he needed to do something that God had called him to do. And with all the experience that he'd been through, he's like, Dad, I want to use all my dumb mistakes. I want to use them for God's glory. So that's what he's doing. When everything falls apart for you, what are you found doing? Acts 16 verse 25 is the answer. Simply says this, at around midnight... Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God and sharing stories so that all of the other prisoners could hear them. And when you see, when everything falls apart for you, if at midnight you can be found just sing, simply saying, Lord, I'm going to keep singing to you so that everyone around me can see that I'm still trusting in you. That's when the miracles will happen in your life. When you are found singing to the Lord at midnight. They got up early in the morning to go to church. Their lives fell apart. They get locked up in prison. But at midnight, they're singing to the Lord. What happens? Miracles happen. There was an earthquake. And the whole prison becomes rubble. The, the guy who was in charge of them all, the Roman centurion, thought that all the, the prisoners were going to escape. Not one of them escaped. You know why? Because they'd just been to the best church service that they'd ever been to. The presence of the Holy Spirit was so thick over that prison, not one prisoner escaped. And the centurion was going to commit suicide. He was going to run a sword through himself because he knew that his life was over if one of those prisoners escaped. Didn't happen. Paul yelled out to him, don't kill yourself. Don't do it. We're all here. And this big, tough centurion runs up to him and falls on the ground and says... What must I do to be saved? He'd been listening to them singing all night as well. And he ended up taking them home at 3 o'clock in the morning, bathing them and bandaging up their wounds. His whole family got saved. Paul and Silas baptized his family before breakfast. And then after breakfast, they go back to the prison. The authorities were there looking at the ruins and simply looked at Paul and Silas and said, Get going. You're free to go. No questions asked. Just get on, get on with. And that's what God wants to do with your life and mine. I'm going to invite the worship team up. And I love that song that simply says, Lord, thank you. You are our Father. You do care for us. And uh, I'm going to invite Ross up to pray for all of us this morning. And as the team come, I just want to ask you, when everything falls apart in your life, what are you found doing? If you can say, Steve... I want to be found at midnight singing to the Lord so that others around me can see that I'm not giving up. And if this morning you say, Steve, I don't know if I can, if, if I'm at that place yet, if you're still on that slow salvation journey, love to pray a prayer with you before we finish this morning. A simple prayer of just acknowledging, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my life. When everything falls apart, when things don't work out the way that I plan, God, I need you. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. If this little story that I've shared with you this morning, if, it, if it's speaking to your heart, and you know in your, your, in your heart, you know in your life that, that you need to 
make that stand and, and put Jesus first in your life. He is the one who came and gave his life for our sin. He's the one that can make a way when there is no way. And if this morning you want to say, Lord, I want to put you first, I just want, to, want you to raise your hand while, while every head is bowed. If that's you this morning and you know that you need to make some changes, just good on you, mate. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? If you're here this morning, you just know that now's the time. Bless your sister. Thank you. Good on you, mate. God is our loving Father and, and He is on our side. He's for us. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Then I'm going to invite Ross up to wrap it up. Let's pray these words together. Why don't, why don't all of us say these words? Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me through every season of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you from this day on to put you first, Lord, to trust in you and know, God, that you are my Father that you have a plan for me. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.